there, and welcome to Pivotal Film. I'm Tom Nolan. And I'm Mario Ponzio. This is episode... Something. Cannibals. And... Mexican cannibals. And, and babies. Just popping out. It was weird. It was weird. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Uh, but first, um, you know, it's the end of the year. Things are... Ha- like, awards are being given out and stuff like that. Do you feel like tracking any of that stuff today? No. I mean, everything's kind Not of really. coming up. I saw that and Gold Derby demoted the Fablemans finally. Did they really? Yeah, so it's everything everywhere. Oh, they um, have everything everywhere all at once now, number one. The five I, is, I've seen I've seen Top Gun Maverick kinda like jump up. There's five since yeah. the, the critic choice kind of nominations. Um there's five movies it looks like that they're gonna that are like competing for this. And it's everything in the Fablemans and Tar and Top Gun and uh, uh Banshees. Banshees. Yeah. Um and then everything else I guess doesn't matter. Um but I like, I mean, I don't want everything everywhere at once to win, I guess, but I would like it to win more than the Fablemans. I mean, that seems like a more interesting award ceremony if the Fablemans gets nothing. Well, it's interesting because, like, the Daniels might not even get a director nomination. Like, people are like, oh, will they nominate two people? I mean, who are they going to nominate? James Cameron? This movie, this 13-year movie that's like an epic blah, blah, blah. I can't even beat, like, I don't know, a... That's Very epic, bad Mar- Marvel movie. An epic waste of time. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about that today. No. I, no, yet, yes, we will. Yeah, okay. We're gonna, we'll, <laughs> we will talk <laughs> okay, about good, it today. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, so, but first we got, uh, we're still doing our, I don't know, did we say Christmas? Did we say winter? Did we say dark? Because this is dark. Well, this, is, this, is, this is Christmas. Krampus. Yeah. Krampus from East Rock Brewing. It's a lager with cherries. Like a lager with cherries. Yeah, it's strong and dark Double box style lagers brewed with a hint of cherries is seven point five percent ABV. Uh, that's a that's heady. Yeah, drink, drink. Let's see what's going on here. Oh, I don't like that. I don't. I don't think that's good at all. What is? What's going on there? I don't know. It tastes like skunked. Doesn't taste skunked. It's just got. It's, it's got like a. a it's off. It there's a off. there's a taste in front, and then there's a space, and then there's lager. Yeah, but like, like dark, I appreciate dark the lager. lager taste of it, and but it's like a, it's a Bach. It is definitely a Bach flavor in the front, like a Bach and cherry flavor in the front. Yes, and that's just not pleasant. Yeah, it's not balanced at all. No, I'm gonna drink it then. Yeah, it's the benefit of the lager is that it stays drinkable, like unless it's like just awful, like it's you know drinkable beer, but um. Not a surf. What is not a surf? It's a band. Not a surf. Remember Popular? No. From the nineties? I'm head of the class. I'm popular. Oh, yes. Remember I that did. one? Yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, they just played the ballroom in feels like last week, but also like two years ago. I've been I've been sitting that's something I've noticed, like because today we're gonna do our worst of the year. This year was long. Did you kinda notice that? Like, I forgot Moonfall came out this year. I did notice that, Mario, yeah. This is, like, the longest year. Yeah, well, what's, what was up with this year? <laughs> this year's so fucking long. I don't know. It's long and eventful in ways that I don't want it to be eventful, and also um, uneventful in ways that I wish it were more eventful. Um, like with movies, which is just crawling along at a fucking snail's pace. Everyone's, I mean, we were talking about a movie today that I absolutely fucking love, but it is one it was one out of a lot, yeah. Out of out of many, and even to the point where like the stuff that I had on my mid year list, I don't think would make my end of year list for no other reason than like 
I'm just bored with it, like thinking about it. Yeah, you know? this, is, this has been the kind of interesting thing about movies this year. Is like I'm kind of bored with everything. I am very. I mean, except for the, what we're gonna, one of the movies we're talking about today, I am very generally bored with like most things. But speaking of being bored, we should probably talk about the first movie. <laughs> yeah, and that first movie is um, oh, what's what's his name? Alejandro Alejandro G- Gonzalo in a Ritu. Um, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Viva Mexico, cabrones! This is my home. No, this is not your home, sir. You cannot call this place your home. Thank you are sorry! Pensamos que somos de varios lados, pero en realidad. The thing that makes me really happy is, is one of the, the, the words on the Wikipedia description of this movie is near featureless. And I'm like, that. what's near feature? What is near featureless? The plot? Well, it just uses it during the plot description, but like near featureless is basically the most solid description of this film. Yeah, um, I guess. Daniel Jimenez Caucho or Cacho plays Silverio Gama. He is a journalist and documentary filmmaker who's apparently very famous. He's supposed to just be a new dude, right? I don't think so. But that, I think that's what I find interesting about it is that I don't. This s- is not like semi autobiographical. I kind of got a feeling like it was. I think it was it, trying to do like a Roma thing. I think people perceive it to be, but Inaritu isn't necessarily. If he considers himself a journalist, he's wrong, right? Or I mean, documentarian. Or documentarian. He he's neither he's of those. He's never made a documentary in his life. He's neither of those things. Um, Unless he thinks the revenue is a documentary. If he thinks that, like, the world, which, it's, I mean, kind of is. <laughs> it's a documentary of Leonardo DiCaprio doing that stuff for however long he did it for. Um, if he thinks that he's, like, the world is laughing at him for some reason, he's also wrong. You know what I mean? I guess the things that he wouldn't be wrong about and some of the stuff that Silverio kind of deals with is, you know, his his insecurities as a father, maybe some of the, um, uh, the, like, familial kind of strife that's happening with the the death of a son um, as a baby, which is played for a couple of interesting uh, set pieces and sight gags. Um, Maybe the way that he's, like, sold out a little bit the duality between being like not white enough to be from america but not dark enough to be from mexico or not native enough to be from mexico even though like he has this nickname darky that they kind of mentioned a couple of times he kind of his son kind of calls him out at a really engaging breakfast scene um for like his hypocrisy yeah yeah yeah. there's a lot of eggs there is a lot of eggs um 
about like the hypocrisy of, of how he feels about Mexico and how he talks about Mexico and how he feels about America and how he talks about Mexico, maybe, or America. Some of those things might be true, but I didn't, I think one of the things I kind of liked about it was that it didn't, it didn't, I didn't perceive it as him kind of, because people have been writing about it, like, oh, him, it's in it, to reflecting on, like hitting a certain age and reflecting on his own fame and his own like place in the world. And I didn't necessarily see that it was like an auto fiction type thing, even though the guy Silverio says in the movie that he had just, his newest movie, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, was an auto fiction. So maybe this could also be considered an auto fiction, which maybe it is. Um, I didn't finish it. I fell asleep twice because however engaging this movie is visually, however like interesting and sincerely some of the ideas are put in place, or put forward. This movie is fucking boring. Yeah, it's 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 weird because I think it's always engaging while I'm watching it, but nothing connects. If that makes sense. No, nothing means anything to me. Yeah, it's, like everything. Like the second, like you're engaged in the moment, but the second a scene passes and you move on to a new scene, you've kind of forgotten about what's happened already in the previous scene. Mm-hmm. Like narratively, it just does not work at all. I don't think, I mean, I don't, you know, you said featureless before. I'm not even sure this has much of a narrative. I mean, it's just, it's, they're statements of things that this guy is. And I'm not sure there's like a whole lot of like thinking going on about what it is. I don't get the idea that there is reflecting. There's just moments that are just shown. The entire time I was watching this, you know what movie it most reminded me of was Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. And the fact that each moment in this film kind of feels like a sketch mixed with the shining yeah, yeah. nothing well, i don't get the shining i just because of like all the hallways oh. like the all these steady cam shots down hallways got it yeah it's just it, it nothing felt connected mm-hmm. there was no cohesion throughout the film it was just kind of like this weird stream of consciousness dumb train of thought that just did not work yeah and i'm all. usually but it was it was engaging except when it wasn't being I, it engaging was like, yeah, which I wasn't engaged, but yeah. I was engaged. I am. Um, I it just it was engaging, but not interesting. Maybe. Um, I it's, don't. It's a weird movie. It's like the most one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. But I yes. would look at it and say it's well done. Um, I I agree. It's gonna. I mean, if I I made like a rough draft of um, you know, my year end list with some of my categories that I, I feel like more certain about because there's just like not a lot in them. Um. I, I mean, I like the, I think the cinematography in this is great. I mean, that first, I think I did like an hour and 45 before I gave up, maybe an hour and a half Yeah, I um, like for an like the second time. Cause I watched, tried to watch it two days in a row and I was just like, I just can't do it. Yeah, I did the same thing. I tried to watch it last night and then again today. Yeah. The, the, um, the scene. I ended up watching a Twitch stream instead of this movie. There you go. <laughs> that should say all you need to know. Um, yeah, that scene when they're in the Mexican desert, um, and they come upon that person like praying and everyone makes a circle and there's a helicopter there's no scenes like that this year it's the only one um and it's it looks fucking excellent i just don't know what it's for well, even, and it's even, not attached to anything so i i don't i i'm not like my thinking isn't directed towards very much it's just clearly the documentary that he was making yeah even like a relatively like easy scene like the scene where he's being interviewed on the talk show yeah like that just looks good like the way in which the projection design kind of creates this like semi-circle set, yeah, looks cool. 
But then I'm just kind of sitting there. I like while all the scenes happening, I'm like, wait, wait, what is actually happening? I didn't pay attention well, at all to anything. And not only did that did that scene not happen, it was happening in his head. But like, who cares? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's, it, I guess if I think people are being overly critical of the, uh, or are being critical of the idea that it's this kind of like elite individual like reflecting on like how being elite is not so great all the time and i don't find myself caring about that so that that scene i think set is tries to set up like the emotions that or what silverio is like maybe fighting against a little bit like in his head like am i these things um everybody's laughing at me about these things but I don't know if you are those things who cares well that's that's why i find interesting especially compared to the next movie we'll talk about is how emotionalist this is yes like everything feels so clinical mm. very and, and i agree you just, with you. you cannot engage at all in this with this movie because of how clinical everything feels but it seems as though it's trying to suggest it it is trying to be a somewhat emotional, not necessarily emotional movie, but it's trying to be somewhat a, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to have this kind of like tactileness to it that it just fails to have because everything feels so sterile. I hesitate to say that one of the reasons that like I, I think this movie is hard to connect to it is that like it's, it is hard to define. I don't know what it is. Because part of me was just wants to say like that's awesome, but the other part of me is like that's the problem. That's no. I mean I have no idea what the fuck I'm watching, and the things you are giving me to watch and interact with aren't really all that interesting. I mean the most interesting scene is, I guess the opening when they're pushing a baby back into a woman, when the baby pops back out when he goes to, when on Silverio's, um, is it his wife? Because they talk about getting married. Time so. skips around a little yeah, bit, it's hard, right? It's hard to track anything with this. I, because think, he's, it, I think it was his wife. I, I think by the time that, yeah, it was his wife. Um, yeah, because he's like, will you marry me? But I just assumed they were already married. I don't, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, I don't know, I thought, I found the let's dance thing that worked for me. Um, I think it's kind of taking a beating. Like the, the the it's just the voices of it's just like the the vocals on David Bowie's Let's Dance. He's like dancing in slow motion. Yeah. Um. I saw. I think Anthony Lane from the New Yorker was like wrote like Let's Dance with Myself. Um. And I was like, I, I don't like. That sounds like um. There's like a, a like a suggestion of like a myopic like viewpoint. I don't like get that. I think he's just kind of like trying to cut loose, and then it gets cut short because he's got to deliver this speech and he doesn't want to deliver the speech so he just like runs away again but that's the problem is that like he's running away from stuff and I'm just like I don't know why you're running like I, I don't know what the problem is here like is it just because you're famous like because that I'm I don't care about that and the filmmaking is expertly done but not like so interesting that you're making me care about it I don't know yeah. it's weird because I, I'm a big fan you know The Revenant is like a big movie to me um it's on your pivotal list. It's on my pivotal list for sure. Um, but this, and I see, I see it. The tear, but like it's also just like the subject matter just sucks. It is not. I don't know. Yeah, it just felt. It feels very half baked. Like everything in this just doesn't feel. 
Or like over big. It feels no, it feels like Ernie to knew what he wanted to do, but forgot to make it so that other people would also understand what he's trying to do. Yeah. It just felt like a movie for him. And I feel like it's one of these things I, I we could almost turn this into a bit, Mario, where like the About next Netflix, time we record yeah. Well, not even just Netflix, but like the next time we record, we see if we've gotten any further in Bardo. <laughs> <laughs> and if like you know we've changed our opinion based on like the next 20 minutes before we fell asleep no I'm, I'm never never gonna try to watch this movie I may try like one more time because I was out I was in and out when he climbed did you make it to the part see where he climbed the bodies no okay so I was in and out when he was there's somebody talking to him at the top of the bodies and I could I could even I could sense it now my like consciousness just being like and I, and I, I mean I want to see what that's about um, I'm going to guess it's going to be this kind of like surrealistic dream sequence, kick back out into like some realist sequence and I'm going to fall asleep again. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be my guess. Um, a movie Mario that I did not fall asleep watching. Like whatever the, what's the opposite of not falling asleep? Staying awake. <laughs> no, but like, like jolted awake, but like it you, jolted you. It did. But like a sustained jolt, so I was just kind of like electrified. Maybe, maybe it's uh, which I didn't see coming. I didn't see it coming. I saw it coming with you. Like, Did you? Yeah, I, like, I well, wondered. I, I, I watched. Wondered I watched this movie, and I was like, "Oh, Tom's gonna love this movie." Um, it's <laughs> Luca Guadagnino's new one, uh, Bones and All. convinced himself he's got this under his thumb. He but you pull on one little thread and... I'm ready. My lord. Magnified, sanctified, be the holy name. Vilified, crucified in the human frame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. set you free uh Marin, played by taylor russell who is extraordinary in this movie uh is a teenager in maryland and she in the 80s and she's got a problem uh we find out pretty quickly she is a cannibal she likes to eat flesh um her father played by andre holland Glad to see uh, Andre Holland back. It's good, and I was glad that it wasn't just like one scene and he was out. And I think this movie makes a good use of people's voices, and I think that's yeah. like part of the charm of it is like how those voices are like those 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 um, voiceovers are like some of the most expertly used and uh, executed voiceovers I've heard in a really long time. Um, he gets them the fuck out of there because the cops are going to come. 
Uh, he's been doing this for a long time, moving his daughter around from place to place to flee, you know, whenever she has like one of these incidents. And at some point he just is like, I can't do it anymore. He leaves her a tape uh, explaining himself. He leaves her some money and she hits the road looking for her mother who is, uh, she's got a, she's got a, um, she's got a birth certificate with some, with like the last known, you know, this is where they, this is where she was born. So she's going to go search for her mother. Um, in Columbus, Ohio, maybe not quite Columbus. It's one of the stopovers on the way to Columbus. She meets Sully played by Mark Rylance. It's who Columbus, yeah. defines them as eaters. Um, I don't think the word cannibal ever comes up. In this oh, movie. Just I watch eaters, it pretty yeah. close. Yeah, eaters. Um, he teaches her how to smell death. Um, and they feed on a woman who's died in her house of some kind of like a heart attack, probably. Um, he's a little weird. He's got a big, long rope of hair that he keeps. Trophies from all the people that he's fed off of. Um, and eats people in his underwear. Eats people, yeah. I dried off next to you. That's not nothing. <laughs> Love it. Um, she flees uh, there on, on her journey. Um, she doesn't trust him, as we find out later. Um, in Indiana, she meets Lee, who is played by Timothy Chalamet. And together, these two teenage cannibals who have both fled not dissimilar situations where they're, you know, conflicts with their parents... Um, and like the, you know, their parents and, the, and, and their natures kind of like um, battling each other. They hit the road looking for um, Aaron's mother. Um, they meet uh, some interesting characters along the way. Other eaters. Uh, one played excellently by Michael Stuhlbarg. Who was, I didn't even recognize him at first. Yeah. The other who's hanging out with Michael Stuhlbarg is David Gordon Green, who is um, acquired the ability to eat people. Um, he seems to just enjoy it. He's eaten three people. Um, or he just like finds it like he gets off on it or something. Uh, he's fucking amazing in this. Um, Much like he did with Halloween Ends. He's amazing <laughs> in this and amazingly directed Halloween Ends. Wouldn't it be funny if the reason that those hollow, like those last couple of Halloween movies weren't any good or weren't as like tight as they could have been is because he was so focused on like the four minutes of screen time he has in this and like becoming like one with what's his name Brett uh Brad Brad yeah he's just like he's like I'm just two in Brad's head to direct this movie any good so my first AD is gonna handle all of it but I'm right here doing Brad things um just smiling deviously at people um I you know, I'll, I'll go into a couple more details before I go into it. Not even of the plot, but just like of the of the thing. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do the soundtrack. That's significant. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we got some cinematography by Arseni Kachatorin. No, which I'm not, not familiar. Never familiar, but um, I think the cinematography is great. Um, edited by Marco Costa. Again, it's one of those movies that kind of uses a lot of montages. We've seen that a little bit this year, like, um, especially with, um, oh, what was it? Of the montage. I've been having, I've been like losing things in my mind. Not the Fablemans. Fablemans uses a lot of montage though. They do, but it's not like, it's, it's not creating anything. You know what I mean? It's like to create an effect. Yeah. Um, 
So they use they use a lot of montage here for dream stuff. I love this movie, Mario. It it uh I am shocked it, and amazed. I am kind of shocked and amazed too, because I didn't I um I liked I liked Suspiria a lot. I thought Suspiria was a lot of fun. And Call Me By Your Name is obviously my pivotal film list, but I wouldn't call myself like a Guadagnino like person. I like think, I think you I think, think I am now, but I think I'm a new Guadagnino person. So like the old, like before Call Me By Your Name stuff, like the like the Italian stuff, I could take it or leave it. There's something about the visceral, raw nature of the um, the filmmaking, the subject matter that conveys a visceral and raw emotion of these of these new works. But for Bones and All, I don't I don't like Bones and All as much as. Call Me By Your Name. Because Call Me By Your Name was like a miracle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Timothy Chalamet was doing like miracle things in that. Michael Stuhlbarg was doing like miracle things in that. Army Hammer was trying to also eat people in that. Yeah, there you go. I love when this movie got announced. They're like, oh, Luca Guadagnino's making a cannibal movie and Army Hammer's not in it. People were like, what? How can he not be? Is this a reaction against Army Hammer? Um, or a comment on Army Hammer's thing? I... Um, I just I thought it all I thought everything worked I thought I thought every choice worked I fucking hate Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor's scores, um, I thought this one was fucking unbelievable I think because it sounds a lot like Nine Inch Nails music if I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. um, like there's a there's a couple of themes there's like a very simple acoustic theme which I think is so expertly done that there's and this is how you know it's good fil- at high level filmmaking. There's the score is going when there's like a, a, a long extended montage of Lee and Marin just kind of like on the road. You know what I mean? They're like stopped at like a waterfall. They're just like stopping places. They're looking at things. Um, they're stopped at this waterfall and the score is going. And then Timothy Chalamet starts singing a George Strait song and the key is the same. So they merge together into like one thing. And I was like, that is fucking unbelievable because most people, people don't do that. If Timothy Chalamet is going to sing, they're going to stop the movie score and like let let's hear him sing. Um, the song at the end is tremendous. Um, I don't have the title in front of me right now, but it, it doesn't really make any difference. Um, but this movie is all about the feels. I felt so many things, and you we had kind of we we're talking a little bit about you know cannibal movies and your feelings about cannibal movies. You and made I, it feel like home is the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And I don't, I'm not like a cannibal movie guy either, but the way that they use it here, I think is just like, I don't know, is extremely powerful, is extremely visceral. That first time that Marin takes a bite of that finger and like seems to suck the flesh off, there's like such lust in her face. And I just, it like, I don't know, like moved me. And I was, it was also horrifying. And like hard to watch, but like I made myself watch it and I just kind of stayed there the whole time, except in a couple of key scenes um, when she finally sees her mother as like one of those scenes where it like went up. Where like the my level of like they're doing this yeah. went like um so it was there was there was like a Marvel quality to it. Not like a Marvel MCU thing, but like I was marveling at like what was like happening on the screen. And every um yeah. I, I, and again, you said you, when you, you know, watched it, you saw it, like, you like, oh, Tom's going to love this movie. I didn't, I wasn't like going into this thinking like I'm ready to love this movie, um, at all. I was just watching it because 
this is what we do. This is our not job. Is <laughs> we watch new movies. We um, make no money off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we lose money every week buying, buying beers. Yeah. Um, we get to drink them, so we're not losing it. What do uh, you think? It's, see, that's, and I, I, I'm similar to you, but it's, I'm on a different perspective with it because it's so raw and so forward that I just did not feel comfortable watching it. Like, we've, are, we've talked about this. Like, my, one of my biggest hangups ever with horror or whatever is, is cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie is so aggressively, I don't want to say sincere, but so aggressively, like, in the muck that all of that just felt so unpleasant to watch. It's, it's like a really, it was an unpleasant experience for me. But in the, in the way that it's so amazingly well done, but it just felt had a too too much too real. I, mm. I kind of I kind of expect this movie to have like a kind of a surreal quality to it. Kind of have um just because of the nature of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I agreed who, with you. People who need to be cannibals, like they don't even have a choice. So I kind of expected that, but instead it just had this like very grounded, very realist kind of tone to it mm-hmm. that just I just I, I couldn't enjoy. Any of it, like when oh. the carnival workers killed, I'm just like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this. No, that was and so, but that's, I think, the thing that I, the thing that I um, liked best about it is that, like, it all, it wasn't just about the cannibalism, you know what I mean? So, like, no, for sure. The, the movie I thought about, like, a lot watching this was, and this seems very obvious, is, is um, Claire Denise Trouble Every Day, where it's just, it's like, it kind of is just about the cannibalism. And it's a disease that they he got from somewhere, and he or he would like to cure it. No real emotion attached to it. You no, but I mean? it's kind of. Just but Vincent, there's there's kind of like this kind of weird sexual quality to it in for me. Trouble every day. No, in in this. Oh yeah. And I just I don't I didn't dig that. I was just like, oh man, I can't. I, I'm just so. That's something I just so don't engage with and don't like to see that like it was a it was a difficult watch. For but me. that was where so but this is I love that you brought that up because this is where I think the movie connected with me is that it is this kind of thing that they enjoy. They enjoy doing it. Um Timothy Chalamet, you know, Mark Rylands Sully um, says he doesn't kill people. Timothy Chalamet will kill people, or Lee will kill people. Marin is kind of like in but she doesn't really want to, although she seems to understand that, like, she may have to um, if it's the right kind of person. I love that this isn't like a typical cannibal movie because the stakes are consistent, like, consistently are escalated. And it's not the stakes of, like, the cannibalism of them getting caught. It's about what it's doing to them as, like, people. They yeah, seem it's... to maintain their humanity. So when they do kill the carnival worker who comes on to, who Lee comes on to and comes right back on to Lee... Um, and they find out that that guy was married with kids. Like, that's real stakes. It's not nothing. And they're like, what does this mean about us that we did yeah, this? Yeah, and, and that's, I guess that, that was the issue I had with it. Maybe because I was just wasn't in the right headspace for this kind of movie. But it just, everything felt so raw. Everything felt so, like, raw. And, like, every action in this movie felt like it was tearing 
everyone apart. And I'm like, ah, it's, it's Love, yeah, yeah, and I maybe maybe it is a headspace, but I didn't think it was any headspace. Maybe that's the best way to watch stuff. Um, it just I like fired it up after it was, it was yeah. It's just one of those things I watched and I, I, when I finished. I was just like, why did I like? What was the point of this? Does that make sense? Like maybe because I I think so. I think I, I I obviously felt differently, but I under I think I understand what if you're not into it, it then it you're feel not like it. Like it didn't feel needlessly cruel. It just felt needlessly, not needlessly. It felt like so empty. It just felt like it was constantly like tearing a person apart. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that the Chloe the Chloe Savigny scene, I think, is like the best evidence of that. Where like her reading of her voiceover reading of that letter that she wrote to Marin like fifteen years ago is like utterly devastating, and no. she is clearly a woman who is that character is clearly a woman who is like not just struggling against something, but like struggling against something that she has no control over, but that is absolutely totally fucking horrific, and every word is delivered with that kind of tearing sensation that like you are you are referencing. And that's the thing that like Luca Luca Guadagnino, you know, has been great with in the last two films is like like this and Suspiria. He's been he's great at just kind of like just tearing a person apart, like te- like reducing a person to their core being and mm. reducing and like I don't know. It just isn't necessarily something I want to watch, but it's the intent, and it works. Right, and I, um, and it's totally the thing that I. It's like the absolute thing that I want to watch. I mean, but it's interesting. I would not. There's no way this movie is a love story in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's like pretty conventional. Um, you know, it's a pretty conventional road movie. They're like, oh, let's go on the road. Let's go look at a thing. Let's go west. Let's go here. Um, Lots of shots of people driving and in like a really cool truck, you know, some terrific landscape shots, especially with like them in it. You always get um, those inner titles of. Yeah. And, and the fact that like the opacity, the opacity on those things is like low. And like, I just, I found that really um, like there's like a tactile nature to that. So it's not just like white letters on a screen. It's, it seems like it's, it doesn't, but that shit doesn't fucking matter because I was like deeply invested in it. Um, that's why I feel that way. There's no way I would watch this with like my wife, who would hate it from beginning to end, except that I think that she would dig all the scenes that weren't the cannibal scenes, but the cannibal scenes would prevent her from even watching like one more second of this movie, especially because the first instance of cannibalism comes like three or four minutes in, and like it's pretty gruesome and pretty. Like, like you said, like there's like a sexual quality to it. Like when, like oh, Taylor Russell's so fucking good in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, so it's yeah. I don't know. It was. I thought it was fucking great, and I it was fully prepared for it not to be, not even to be not great, but just like everything else. Like we talked at the beginning of the episode. Like I just felt I was ready for that to be like that's a movie. The one thing I'll say about this doesn't it kind of feel like a. At least Soli's character didn't feel. Doesn't he feel like a Stephen King character? Oh yeah. I was watching this going like that's just like a, a Stephen King, like that is the um what the hell was Rebecca Ferguson's name character the the red hat. Oh woman. fuck. Um, I don't remember what her name. But was. like, it, but yeah, that feels like he felt like a character that Stephen King wish he would have created 
nowadays. Sure. I mean, a guy that's just always around, the idea that he followed her, and he's, she's just like, that's really weird. You know what I mean? I like love even, has, even has the smell aspect. Yeah. Um, Red hat lady? Is that her name? What the the black name? hat? The top? The black hats? I can't remember. The hats? Something hat. Magic hat? Magic hat, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing too big for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was exceptional. I thought it was exceptionally done. It was a surprise. Um, Rose the hat, by the way. Rose the hat. Oh, what a, what a great, what a great thing. Character name, right? No, but it does remind me a little bit of, of, of like maybe like the pastors, the way that he used like the pastor in revival. I forget what that guy's name was, but the guy that he was just like every ten years he like would just show up. He's just like around, and you didn't necessarily know he was around or he was looking or he like you know what he wanted but he was just kind of there um last thing i'll say we got we talked a little bit in the last episode which just went up today we're recording on monday we can put this up when i get home um you guys put so many episodes up now all at once it's a christmas miracle mario um andy's gonna be so happy <laughs> just hours and hours of content um we talked about uh everyone's going to the world fair you get a uh get a uh Appearance from, uh, damn it, Mario! The actress who plays the the character, and we're all going to the World's Fair. Uh, Cobb, something Cobb, right? Ty Cobb. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be Anna Cobb as Kayla, as Lee's sister, Casey. Casey, and but Anna Cobb's the actress. Yeah, plays Kayla. Yes, very good. I was happy to see that. And uh, and she was really effective. Why do you recognize those? Her? Well, it's just the way that she talks. Um, so that like, we're all going to the world. And this is this is like Taylor Russell's first big movie. I think like, so. I, yeah, she's fucking she's crazy, amazing, amazing, amazing. And I think so. Well, that's that's the one thing to say about this movie. Everyone's fucking crazy. Here's a hot take. I think "Call Me by Your Name" Timothy Chalamet is like in his raw primitive state. I don't know how much like he's acting, but like he doesn't have to do so much acting. Do, he just needs to be Timothy, alive. Do you think Timothy Chalamet is actually a cannibal? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, but I think this is the best he's ever been. Like from a like from an act from a choices, performance, emotion standpoint. Like he's doing. This feels like he's doing the work. There's a lot of vulnerability in this. Yeah, performance that where like, you don't see as much in Call Me by Your Name, which is weird because that is a movie that. Should he should be more vulnerable in Call Me by Your Name? Than right, because he owns all that shit in Call Me by Your Name because he's young. But here he's a kid that's lived. You know, even if he's though he's a teenager, he's like had to do some shit, like eat his fucking dad. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, um, I guess, I we'll, just, I guess I just, we'll be talking about this movie again. We will. Later. We we we. Uh, I think that's safe to say. That's not a that's not a spoiler. I mean, we you know. I feel like I, I yeah, for sure. Like I, I I'm not sure why I'm even like bothering to pretend. Like maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, this is this is one that's this is one that's that's stuck with me. Um, Mario, we're gonna so one of our. It's one of my saddest. One of the saddest things we do every year, but it's also one of the most fun things we do every year. I always feel bad it's, at the end this, of it. This year, this year is weird because this year I felt so indifferent to all the movies that are on my list. Yeah, what we're talking about is our worst movies of the year list. Yep. And uh, 
We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with that. I like there's a heartbeat. I don't know what's from. It's my heart. It's my heart beating. My heart will go on. The opposite of heart. <laughs> <laughs> my heart beating in the opposite of love. So you actually hate doing the the worst five. I just feel bad. I feel like in the, by the end of these things, I always just feel really guilty that I hated well, something that somebody you know made. What? You know what? Let's start. Let's start big, with my number five worst. This movie. It's one of the most expensive movies ever made. Two, and two billion sure dollars? That it needs to make two billion dollars <laughs> for it to turn a profit. It's made by a guy who literally would want to suck his own dick if he could. I'm sure he, he's tried. Uh, he's, my number five worst of the year is Avatar The Way of Water. It's perfect timing, Mario, because it just came out this week. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, so, should I do the plot description? So basically... No, I, I'm leaving this podcast if you do a plot description of Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, yeah, this is, um, there's, there is nothing, nothing going for this movie outside of one really amazing CGI shot when humans come back uh -huh. and they glass out a, a section of the forest with, like, fire and, like, you see the aliens When, when is this away. in the movie? Uh, so this it takes place within the first like thirty minutes. Okay, okay, okay. So literally, this movie is just you know Jake Soley is hanging out with his wife Natari, and they have they have kids now. I heard that Zoe Saldana's character she gets really like minimized. Fucking awful too. She is like they turned her into a psychopath. Oh, good. <laughs> James Cameron loves women that are crazy. Well, yeah, I don't no, know. Well, all, I think all, he, I think all he, of the women like roles in, well, outside of Sigourney Weaver's weird teenage character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she plays Jesus. Mm -hmm. She literally is Jesus. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like she has a connection to like the earth and mother. Love she is Christ. Like she can connect with with animals. And, but here's and the a question, Mario: Is Sigourney Weaver not Christ? What do you mean? Is she not Christ? I mean, she could be. Oh, she, oh, oh, yeah, she might be gross. Yeah. Anyhow, this uh, this is a three-hour and ten-minute-long movie that feels all of three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> the entire first act is them in the forest. Um, Stephen Lang's back. He, he, oh, he's good. Become, he's become a recombiant. So sure. He's, he's now, they took his memories and put it into an avatar body. Jesus Christ. Uh, and his pure goal is just to kill Sully. Even though Natari is the one that killed him, all he wants to do is kill Soli. Why? Because Soli is like the head of the, basically, is the head of the resistance. Oh. That is attacking all the supply lines and the supply chains for the humans. Cool. Um, eventually, uh, after the first hour, uh, Soli and Natari and the, the family decide that they need to leave the forest, so they go to an ocean clan and rehab what follows an hour and a half of of people just swimming in water good yeah no, no good no it's it's all of it's just dumb like this this entire movie is it's funny like i felt bad because people were having a good time yeah watch literally you saw it on thursday yeah, right i saw it i saw it the three o'clock showing oh nice 
the second the movie ended, people <laughs> applauded. We are, me and my it was kids one of those. It. it was one of those things where people applauded. Mm-hmm. I felt bad because I had to like stop myself from laughing <laughs> multiple times because the script is fucking awful. And then like the entire second act is a nothing burger. It's just like look at our new ocean CGI technology. And then the final act is a mix between Titanic and um, the the first ending of Avatar. Like literally, it takes place on a sinking ship. Like it literally does the. Don't tell me that it does. The ship, the ship, <laughs> the ship literally goes like vertical, and and eventually flips over. Yeah, it's, yeah, terrific. It's, it is James Cameron doing like his greatest hits. It's it's the Abyss. It's Titanic. It's the first Avatar. Um, yeah, no, this movie was just, just awful, just, just terrible. Like I went into it with like the lowest expectations. Yeah, and somehow that's true. You did somehow. They were below my expectations. I will, for its credit, the three D is fucking great. Mm. The three D looks really good. Yeah, it does actually really pop. Um, the the issue with the first Avatar was like it was mostly dark. Like I, I figured just to cover up the fact that the CGI wasn't where it needed it was two, to be. Yeah, it's 2009 um, CGI. All of this is like takes place during the day. The the climax of it actually takes place during the eclipse. Um, it's like the one point of the movie where it's dark. So most of it's just in very bright light. Oh. So all all of the CGI does pop. Cool. Um, but yeah, peop- talking whales as well. There's oh, good. Movie has talking With, whales. Like famous people doing the voices. No. no, they just make whale sounds and then there's subtitles. Oh, cool. With papyrus, though. That's, oh, good. They did keep the papyrus subtitles. Love papyrus. Yeah, I mean, my kids have watched that like a bunch of times because I, I almost took them to see it. And then I found out that like it's probably not great for the little one. And then me and my daughter were just like, we'd rather do like anything else other than go see Avatar. We're like, would you want to go to Barnes and Nobles and just like look for books or do you want to go see Avatar? And she's like, I'll just go for Barnes and Noble. Yeah. The pri- as a prisoner for like three hours and 40 minutes but, with and trailers. Did you see that? It, it's it's not doing well. Uh, well, so the, the theory is that like it's it's it may have long legs because people don't want to see it in normal theaters. They only want to see it in the 3D or like the XD Maybe. thing. So they're thinking that this might not drop as much as the second week drop might not be as bad as everyone thinks it could be. Yeah. Because, or that it should be based on like the number it did in the first week, because people are going to go, people are waiting to see it to get tickets to see it in the big theater. I hope not. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope it fails mm-hmm. so that we just get one more Avatar movie and, and then, then he we're just done. moves on with his fucking yeah. life. And then you could just do True Lies 2. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I will say this the best part of that experience was uh, the Oppenheimer trailer. That I movie know you did. You texted me. Looked, looks fucking incredible. I cannot wait. Did I, you see the new trailer? I did not. It? It's ridiculous. It's. I was like, oh, I, this, this is going to be fine. Like, the first trailer, yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, too much. But this newest trailer made me go, like, yep. And I'm not a, I'm not a Christopher Nolan guy. Yeah. This new trailer, like, I mean, I love Batman Begins. But this new trailer made me go, like, okay, I'm all in. I think to jump ahead, like, to next year, I think the Academy might also be kind of being like, yes. Yeah, this movie's, if this movie's anywhere slightly decent, it's going to get a bunch of Oscar nominations. Mario, I think the interesting thing about your number five and my number five is that it's like overdone. Like too much money was spent on something. It's Thor Love and Thunder. That's coming. 
My number five is a movie that debuted on Apple TV Plus. Emancipation? No. I mean, I've so actually let me start. Let me let me start with something here. I did not watch. I did not. I don't have time to watch like anything I'm not interested in. So Morbius is not on my list. Yeah, like obvious. Like yeah, that's the thing we should always say. The worst movies of the year will never be on our list because we just don't watch them. You said like, oh, I watched Amsterdam and a Lark. I started Amsterdam. It was like. Can't. I don't I, have time. I don't have fucking time for this. I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I, I was pretty high, thing. so maybe that's. What but it maybe is. I, it's the thing. I, didn't I was even... pretty high, and Margot Robbie is like so fucking magnetic looking right. in that movie. Um, and I didn't even. I wasn't even judging the first like two minutes. I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm not interested. I don't really care. I'm just yeah. not going to do it. It's so a nothing burger. That right stuff though. is not going to show up on my list. My number five, Mario, is a movie that when I was watching it, I said. They spent too much money on this movie. I've never seen a movie in which the super ultra high production values have like just made a movie fucking terrible. And that movie is the Apple TV Plus release, Spirited, starring no, Will Ferrell. You watched Spirited? Twice! Oh, because my kids really liked it the first time, and so they wanted to watch it a couple of times. Spirited is... Uh, a movie about Ryan Reynolds' character, who doesn't even have a name here on 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 the internet, who is going through a kind of um, Christmas Carol like scenario, which is perpetrated by a corporation uh, that it's runs a, these kind of ghost it's a scenarios. Modern day Scrooge. Right? Yeah, basically. There's it's a musical for one, okay, which is which is, which rough. is fucking awful. The, so all the songs are bad. There's, they built sets. There's a lot of practical effects here. There's a lot of weird lighting design. Um, they must have spent like $100 million on this movie. And it's just, it's just atrocious. The script is bad. Like the weird stuff they spent all the money on, like seems wrong. Like there's a lot of water effects. Like at one point, like. $75 million. Which is also too much for <laughs> like, a, you know, for this movie. Um. You know, to watch Octavia Spencer deliver some of these lines and sing some of these songs is just just hurts. It like hurt my heart to see this happening to people. Um, I've never encountered anything like this before where I was like, oh, they spent too much money. But there's a scene at the end of the movie where like, for some reason, it's the credit sequence, Mario. They flood the, like the main room of where the ghosts like operate out of like this like central hub of activity and there's like this six minute dance number i was like why are, what are we doing like what's the point of any of this so what's i do know the twist in the movie is that will ferrell was the original ebenezer scrooge right? he was the original ebenezer scrooge do and they, that do they, they try do they try to play that off like a big reveal yes and they do a terrible <laughs> dance number that involves a lot of this bent over marching he is, by the way, for the fact that we're an audio podcast, and he can't see what Tom's <laughs> doing. Forget. He's moving his hands left and right, I'm much, my arms. much in the same way that the uh, the poster for Spirited Books. Oh, it is Mario. It is so. It is so bad, and it was really hard for me because my kids kind of dug it the first time. It was hard for me to sit through it once and did not the, like the rip second. It apart. Did the second time they uh, they found it they, really boring the second okay. time. 
And so, I mean, so he's Ebenezer Scrooge. He becomes the ghost of Christmas present. Um, so Ryan Reynolds' character has sex with the ghost of Christmas past. He, like, has sex with her. She odd. She is, yeah, Sunita Rani. She is oh, in, yeah, 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 you've seen her. Yeah, I, I, would, I would have sex with the ghost of Christmas past. She's a ghost! How does he have sex with her? It was so, uh, it's just awful. It's just so bad. It should have been a Brazzers version It's of it. traditionally bad, though. You know what I mean? Has there been a porn uh, Christmas Carol? I'm sure there is. If there hasn't been. No, you know where your I'm life's gonna, calling I'm going to make one. Mario, my number four is a movie that you just mentioned like two minutes ago. And that is Thor Love and Thunder. And now we are reaching into like the territory of this list where I have like some things to say about some of these movies. Thor Love and Thunder thinks it's a real movie. It thinks it means something. It thinks it, uh, not that it has something to say, because it doesn't, it's a, it's a Marvel movie. It's got nothing to say. But definitely thinks it's making choices that are inspired and creative and are maybe like, you know, hilarious in their, in their um, irreverence. Um, it is not doing any of those things. It is... It is a, I kind of beat around the bush when we did this, when we did the review of this because it was long and, um, you know, we had, we had, Jeff was there. We had to get, we had to get a couple of people in. This is the definition of like modern content to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's, it's, um, fulfilling a need, um, where it's like doing Marvel things. It's bringing back characters. It's doing, it's like total fan service. Um, while also having seemingly like no self-awareness that like what it's doing is not working like at all. Yeah. I think, you know, what bums me out about this movie is there's some good ideas yes, in it that like the, the black and white fight scene. Love it. But then like the rest of the movie, happens. but you know what the rest, you know, so a couple of things bums me out is like the perfect phrase for this because I was just so bummed out. The black and white fight scene is great. You know, what's not great about the black and white scene the 10 minute exposition dump that happens in the middle of it when they're just kind of like tied up in a tent. Oh, why yes. are they tied up in a tent? On a moon, on a planet, whatever they're in a tent. Like when they get to like Olympus, is it Olympus or wherever they go where like the gods yeah, meet? All, where, where whatever. Says, yeah. They land their plane and then they walk for five minutes and talk and more exposition dump. And then they sit and then there's more talking, and then they fight really quick, and then there's more talking. Well, the thing, and the it's thing, just, that, it's and it's just a CG. It's all CGI. Yeah, and it all there's, sucks. There's the fucking what? What the hell is? There's like that, like that Japanese waifu god that's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like there's a bunch you know, of gods. You know, yeah. It's like, but it's like it's like one of the things of like being cute and clever, and that's the thing that bothers me about this. It's just almost made my list too, because it's just it's trying to be cute. It's like Taiki Waititi, like going like, ah, I'm clever. You guys like Thor Ragnarok. What if I gave you all that, but none of the? What if I gave you like all the the um, Taika Waititi ness, but none of the substance? Yeah, no, no nothing plot whatsoever. And and it's, I, I like we tried to watch it again. It is insufferable. I mean, Christian Bale is doing like his best, but there's so many scenes. Well, this, yeah, the thing that sucks about this, it's like the opening of that movie is fucking. It's cool. Great. But why are like well so, the the immediate opening and sure, it's immediately yeah. followed up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But like the introduction of Gore is 
fucking it's awesome. cool. So, but if you have like maybe one of the coolest side villains that you've ever had in one of these movies, why are there multiple scenes of him sitting down talking to children? What what is happening here? Yeah, why is his main plot putting kids in a cage? Why why did he do that at all? Why didn't he just go to I forget where he's trying to get to to one of like the celestial things or the space to eternity or eternity yeah whatever why does he just fucking go there what does he need the kids for at all why does he kill any gods why does he just go right to there I don't know but that doesn't even matter I mean I talked about this on the on the on the episode when we reviewed it I mean the biggest transgression to me is uh, like the hospital scene when they're just like Oh, we're doing stuff. We're uh, we're doing all this stuff, and now we're New Asgard. But New Asgard has the most normal looking, like hospital, ever. And it's just like how much thought it was just put looks like a clinic. Yeah. yeah, how much thought was put into any of this? And it doesn't seem like a lot. It just seems like they pumped it out in a very with a very specific tone because they just assumed that's what people wanted to see. Um, and it just felt gross. Like I remember watching it. Like kind of enjoying it, but also like feeling guilty that I was enjoying some of the stuff because it just felt so obvious and dumb. The one thing, the one thing I will give credit to this movie is it and Doctor Strange. Yeah, didn't feel like content farms. Like the the issue with Doctor Black- Strange didn't. I I felt I thought this did. You think so? Yeah, it didn't feel like it was like pushing out the Disney Plus shit. It wasn't pushing out the Disney Plus shit. It was pushing out the Taika Waititi shit. Yeah. It was pushing out the, like, I need to make a new movie that's exactly like the last movie. No ideas. Where at least I thought Black Panther had, because I thought that's well, what we were going to mention. My issue with this is it kind of feels like Taika Waititi didn't give a shit about this movie. No, He's he didn't. He's probably too busy doing Next Goal Wins. I was like, yeah, I guess I'll sure. do this Thor movie. But at least, like, at least, um, like, the new Black Panther movie had um, Namor and... Like some of the ideas associated with Namor yeah, so and like what he yeah. was doing, this has no ideas. And even like the gore thing is such, it's almost just like a MacGuffin for nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, if they just, it's gore is just there so Natalie Portman can like come save the day at the end and die. It's like, but why didn't she just not be in the movie? If the idea is just for her to be dead, then don't even put her in it. Just do something else. Yeah, it feels like a, I've, I've said this word quite a bit this episode but that did feel like a nothing burger kind yes of a it is like a nothing burger well if we titled episode still this episode would totally be titled nothing burger all right what's your number four well my number four should have been a nothing burger and you're talking about movies that cost way too much to make my number four uh apparently cost 146 million dollars don't know why and it was released this year mm-hmm. uh, i had to look it up to make sure it was okay it is roland ebrick's Moonfall. Oh, yeah, I didn't see Moonfall. <laughs> yeah, no, Who it's... Who gave Roland Emmerich $146 million? Some Eastern European country, oh. I can only assume. Um, yeah, no, every... Qatar. No, they're not Eastern European. They're every, Middle Eastern. Everything about this movie... It's not necessarily a bad... It is a bad movie. Patrick it's not necessarily... It's it. just... It's so utterly stupid and just... I don't know what to say on this movie. Like, literally, the moon is trying to kill Earth. Just, like, is the plot of consciously? Movie. Yeah. No, there's, <laughs> there are. It's made a decision. It's, it's a swarm. It's like a, 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 a swarm of, I don't even know what they're called. They're, it's a swarm of um, basically nanobites oh. on the moon that are trying to kill humanity. 
Is this based uh, off a of Michael Crichton novel? No, I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, it should have been. Should have been. Um, yeah, not, nothing about this is is fun or exciting. It's all the worst parts of all the worst Roland Emmerich movies, kind of sandwiched into one. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not, has, it's not as bad as like 2012. I will say 2012 was worse. Yeah, no good. But this movie was just. Uh, it doesn't. The biggest issue this movie has is for how stupid it is. Um, like the visual, the visual effects and, and the, the big set pieces just aren't impressive. Mm. Like like Independence Day, one of the dumbest goddamn movies ever. But sure, but it I looks fucking good. love Independence Day. Yeah, because the set pieces in that who doesn't are cool love Independence Day are though? fun. Yeah, the set pieces in this are just terrible looking, lame. Like every everything about this movie just feels empty, mm. and like uh, for a big bombastic dumb action movie, uh-huh. you want your big set pieces to feel like something, and everything about this movie just feels like it's a screensaver. Mm. It's kind of the worst way of saying it. It's a hundred and forty million dollars. I can't believe this movie costs one hundred and forty-six million dollars. Sorry, 138 to 146. Oh, okay. Wikipedia is not sure how much this movie cost. <laughs> they looked at it and they assumed he probably wasted this much money. My number three, Tom, is probably a movie you didn't even know existed. It is a Netflix original oh. film. It is Bring it. animated Marmaduke film. I did not see this movie, <laughs> but I am aware of it. <laughs> Pete Davidson plays Marmaduke. Oh my god. Is all that needs to be said. Uh I watched this movie only because there's a there's a YouTuber I enjoy uh named Danny Gonzalez. And he'll so every so often kind of just like review a movie, mm-hmm. like review the worst possible movie. And just you know, just just talk about. It's like it's a 20-minute dumb YouTube video. Yeah. And he did like <clears throat> he did Marmaduke. I had not known that they had made another Marmaduke movie because, as we know, in 2010, Owen Wilson famously played Marmaduke in the live-action Marmaduke movie. Um, and that 20-minute video of this film enticed me to watch it. And that was a mistake. It is... The lowest possible denominator of humor. Like, there are at least six fart jokes throughout this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 and, and it's, it's ugly looking. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's a CGI cartoon movie, but like. I've seen a couple of, sc- of screenshots of it. It looks bad. Yeah, it's like when Marmaduke moves, it doesn't look like he's an actual animated being he kind of just looks like a balsa wood creation um yeah it felt like the the lowest common denominator lowest tier direct to dvd 2003 sequel. Yeah, yeah yeah uh and i subjected him and i'm and i'm not sure why i did that it was just a, so how did you do it it was a nice june day and i decided i was i was technically working Oh, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, I decided I was going to watch Marmaduke, and, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah, I am. Um, it's our lists are lining up really interesting here, 
Mario. My number three is uh, Marmaduke. Is, is not Marmaduke. It is a another Apple film. Greatest Beer Run. Things. No, I did not watch Greatest Beer Run. Um, it is Luck, the animated movie um, about the leprechaun and the lucky. What is it about? Oh, the story of Sam Greenfield, the unluckiest person in the world, suddenly finding herself in a never-before-seen land of luck, where she must reunite, reunite with the magical creatures here to turn her luck around who are just leprechauns. I've actually heard. I this texted. Movie. I texted only you heard, about this yeah. movie when I was watching it. Um, I think I, my text was like, "I'm watching the worst movie of the year by far." Uh, probably costs a lot of money. It's it's looks like you know a, a Pixar one of those like 2000 like 12 Pixar wannabe movies where they just like a studio just kind of figured out how to do like make people look good. My problem is like a blue sky sort of movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but like, but but worse, like more conventional. Yeah. Um, it's got Simon Pegg. Is a leprechaun? I think they're leprechauns. It's called luck. It has to be leprechauns, right? Yeah. But the script, Mario. So there's a couple of things. The animation, I guess, is 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 fine. John Lasseter. Oh, he's a cat. Too. He's a black cat. It's John Lasseter. Produced. Yeah. So this is this is the first John Lasseter movie post, post being Me Too. Yeah. Um, was he Me Too? Yes, he was. Wow. He's a hands very handsy guy. That John Lasseter. Oh. Yeah. Um. Keep your hands to yourself. He is uh, Bob is a black people then. <laughs> Bob is a black cat, and so the whole place is like full of the bla- uh, of full of things that give people luck. Um, so there's lots of different things there. It doesn't really matter what the plot is. The plot this is looks, really stupid. This looks awful. It was very very bad. Um, it's Jane Fonda is in it. Little Ro Howery is in it. Simon Pegg is the black cat. Evil Nobelzada. Um, from John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger, of course, he's got to be in it. Um, he'll do whatever John Lasseter asks him to do. Um, the script is terrible. There is literally no imagination in this movie, like whatsoever. Um, they just took like it almost kind of like a lot of the the world building here looks like a video game, um, like a, almost like a like. Did you see the newest trailer for the Mario? Did you see the clip from the Mario Brothers movie? Yes. So you know how they've found, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, and I think I feel badly about it. You know how they're just kind of like, oh, the toads walk around in a place where you have to, like, avoid obstacles all the time? You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, this is, everyone on the internet is like, this is good. I have the opposite opinion. I feel like that's bad. I feel like that's really lazy thinking. Like, this is how we get from one place to another is by dodging fireballs that are spinning on a rope on, like, bricks. Like, and I, this whole movie is essentially just that. Oh, what we're in this magical place. What can it be? Lots of things spinning, rainbows, tubes, Whoopi Goldberg yelling at people to, like, put their coin in the right spot. Oh, we need to get a coin. Let's go to the coin polishing center or whatever. It's just so fucking lazy. It's long. The worst part about this movie, though, Mario, and, I'm, and I, will, I will stop it here. What's the character's name? Sam Greenfield, played by Evan Noble Zeta, who is uh, um, Eurydice in Hadestown on Broadway, who we saw, and who is an excellent human being. She's the unluckiest person in the world. Not take one step in this movie without falling down. She cannot pick anything up without dropping it. She cannot hang something on a wall without it falling down. She cannot make food without it burning. 
It's she, all like pratfall stuff. Constantly. For the entire length I, of the I movie. Assume, I assumed you watched this movie because of Hades Town, because of the because of the, the kids. kids. Yes. I'm guessing the kids hated this movie. They kind of liked it, but I think it's the same thing as Thor Love and Thunder. I think it's the same thing as Spirited, where they watched it once and they're like, that was good. And then they tried to watch it again and they're just like, eh, I'm going to watch another episode of like Ninjago. No. Or I'm going to watch, you know, or in my daughter's case, I'm going to watch Super, it's a Lego. It's a Lego. Lego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter's like, I'm, I've graduated. I'm Superstore, Good Place. Magpie murders now, you know, only murders in the building. Like that's Magpie murders. It's a British show with Leslie Manville. Pretty good. Um, but she's really into mysteries and like this stuff now. Um Your daughter's gonna graduate to Broadchurch soon enough. I think Broadchurch is too real. Soon I said soon enough, like when she's like fifteen. Mm. It sounds about right. This movie is um it's just awful. It's just awful. No imagination. Yeah, I've I've heard about this just because I think it's possibly a best song contender right now. Oh yeah, I think I think it's like the like, but I had not heard of it until literally this week. That would hurt my heart. And it looks looks bad. John Debbie did the music though. Could see him still getting work. Mario, my number two is a uh, is a surprise to me. Remember how we talked about like twenty minutes ago about how uh, the bones and all that'd be weird. Yeah. I was remember how I talked about how Bones and All was surprised me. Did not see it coming. This was also a surprise to me. I did not see myself hating this movie, which I was really looking forward to, because I like all these bands, and I actually kind of documentary. Like, yeah, I kind of like the book, and so I was just like, you know, it would be cool a documentary to see footage of all these bands that I kind of like. Um, the book is called Meet Me in the Bathroom. It is by Lizzie Goodman. came out in 2017. They made a documentary of this book this year. Um, it is directed by, and not to, you know, throw them under the bus or anything like that, but Will Lovelace and Dylan Southern. It um, uh, investigates, looks at, considers, tells the story. It's called Meet Me in the Bathroom? Meet Me in the Bathroom. Tells, it's, uh, it's I'm playing on Showtime. Um, tells the story of the early 2000s uh, kind of that happened. So we're talking about the Strokes. We're talking about the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. We are talking about the Moldy Peaches, which Vampire we'll get to in a second. Weekend. Not even. Vampire Weekend's too late. So this is the Rapture, oh, L- just, the I'm beginning look- of LCD's sound system. Yeah, I'm just looking at the book. Um, This, is a, this has been a rough year, I think, for Rock Docs. I think we'll talk a little bit, I think, about Moon Age Daydream at the end of the year. I did not love Moon Age Daydream. I, it I thought it was kind of, like, pretentious. Like, in a way that I don't think David Bowie is. Like, I think David Bowie was making decisions uh, very artistically and for, for reasons. Um, and could be justified um, by the culture or the context of the song he was singing or something that he wanted to say. I'm not sure Moon Age Daydream had anything to say. Except that Bowie was cool. And like, here's a movie that shows how cool Bowie was. And like, we did cool things with like montages to express how cool Bowie was. This movie, Mario, starts with the Moldy Peaches. Do you know the Moldy Peaches? Uh, the name is familiar. I'm not familiar with them. So they're, they're a band that I saw in the early 2000s because they were around and everyone was obsessed with them and they were fucking terrible back then 
but I was willing to give them the chance to like recontextualize. I'm not going to like the Moldy Peaches music. I think it's terrible. Did they do like a big song? Or no, they didn't have any songs. They were just an idea. No. They were um, Kimmy Dawson and Adam Green. Um, they just did like off kilter folk things. Blah blah blah. Moldy Peaches are the, are the focus of the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of this movie. How long is how long is the movie? An hour forty four. Okay. Hour forty eight. The focus. This is the jumping off point, Mario. Guess who you don't hear about or from at all for the entire rest of the movie? The multi peaches. The multi peaches. They just disappear off the face of the fucking earth. This movie is a villain. The villain's name is Ryan Adams. Did you know that Ryan Adams destroyed the strokes? No, but that makes sense. But it can't make sense because the strokes are still together. Did you know that Ryan Adams got one of the... Well, so you're saying Ryan Adams? I'm thinking Brian Adams. <laughs> Brian Adams. <laughs> I wish Brian Adams had destroyed the strokes. They just wanted to play the summer of 69 <laughs> and Julian Casablanca's is like, no way, man. The rest of the band is like, we gotta. Um, the theme song <laughs> from Robin Hood. Yeah, just doing Robin Hood. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Better. The theme song, theme song from The Three Musketeers with Sting and Rod Stewart. Remember? That's um, awful. That, that Robin Hood song, though, was like one of my favorite songs. Love as that a kid. song. It's a great song. Can't remember All what it's called. But... And Julia Ormond in the middle of the video would just be like, Robin! And you're just like, Julia Ormond's going crazy. The Strokes are a great band. I love them. Uh, you would think that the Strokes are the worst bunch of guys in the world. This uh, this movie is about Julian Casablanca's not killing himself like Kurt Cobain. Um, even though that was not a thing that was ever going to happen. This movie is about... Because um, of Ryan Adams. No, because fame is a lot, Mario. Do you know how bad it is to be famous? It's really bad. I mean, having been on the front page of a newspaper... That's true. Like, you, do, do you, know, you, you do know. You do know. It's like, yeah. um, so you could... Be, be and meet me in the bathroom too about trivia hosts um, just who, that are too famous <laughs> too famous um, did you know that James Murphy wait did you know that there was a thing called 9-11 I, I, I'm not familiar with it did you know so I'm going to tell you something so um, who's James Murphy he's the guy from LCD Sound System oh. right that's his name James Murphy yeah look at that um, in the middle of this uprising of New York bands, Mario, some motherfucking asshole decided to disrupt it by flying planes into the World Fucking Trade Center. Did you know that? They ruined music for like two weeks. It is fucking horrible. And the people who made this movie should be ashamed of themselves. Not just for like... You make me want to watch this movie, though. Yeah, yeah, just get a free trial of Showtime and watch it. And you, uh, you'll you text me at one in the morning, because you do that sometimes. Because you're watching movies. Because you stay much later than I do, and you're like, this is fucking terrible. Um, the, mu- the music is so good. They, it's Mario, it's, they have more footage of the Beatles playing music than they do, apparently, of the Strokes playing music. Or the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs playing music. There's a they introduce a band in here that literally nobody gives a fucking shit about called The Rapture. Have you ever even heard of The Rapture? No. Apparently they were a band that the L, James Murphy and the LCD Sound System had a label that no one also has ever heard of. 
like or that has not has no real lasting impact that signed this band called The Rapture who were fucking terrible and produced one record by them that was kind of dancey and they were like he started a revolution of dance rock. He made dancey rock and then he and then he, Oh god, did they say he started a revolution? And then he played one show and everyone was just like this is it. LCD Sound System is the biggest band in the world except for the fact that they weren't the biggest band in the world. Ever or even they weren't even hey, relevant. Look, look, they, have, they have the Brooklyn Steel residency sure. every year, and they had the Madison Square Garden like the last show they did at Madison Square Garden. But at the time, nobody cared. Nobody cares. Everyone was very Oscar just kind of like, oh, they might get an cool. Oscar nomination this year for what? Uh, for a new body Roomba for um, White Noise. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, which is a movie I'm looking I'm looking forward to. Yeah, just yeah. see what it's just see what it's like. I'm interested. Comes out Friday. I'm interested. This Brian Adams is um, a piece of shit, and he's a groomer, and he is a bad husband. And he probably did get Albert Hammond Jr. Who the fuck is Ryan Adams? He's a guy. He's that. He's, hipster, a, he's, he's also a musician, guy. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you see him, you'll be like, oh yeah, Ryan Adams. Ooh. So it looks like an ugly Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's probably right. Well, he was married to Mandy Moore. He was, but he... He groomed he, Mandy Moore, didn't he? Well, he groomed teenagers while he was with Mandy Moore, and he treated Mandy Moore like shit. Doesn't, I mean, it matters, but like it doesn't matter in the context of this thing, because at the time, he didn't know Mandy Moore. Ryan Adams just shows up in New York to give Albert Hammond Jr. the guitar player of the Strokes heroin. The, the, the climax of this movie, Mario, is a voiceover, because this is great. You don't see any faces of people talking. You just hear their voices. So you don't know if it's a current story that they're telling or like a current interview or like an old interview. Like it's a choice. Like that would like they should hide that information for some reason. And the strokes, they asked Ryan Adams to meet them at a restaurant. And then Ryan Adams shows up and the strokes look mad. And then Ryan Adams goes to the bathroom and then when he gets up, the strokes are gone. Guess who's still together, Mario? The strokes. Strokes. Oh, yeah. That's how they did it. They got mad at Ryan Adams at a restaurant. This movie is fucking garbage. I really want to watch this movie. Now. <sighs> it's so fucking bad. I feel so bad for like the people that were like legitimately trying to make art. This, had, book, this book is also a 640-page book. It's, not a, it's a pretty good read if you're in... Because like, this is... So I... I'm probably told this story. So the book, so, so the book is about like the Williamsburg music scene. The book like? is about that that whole scene, and the the how, and that was a scene that was like a legit. I didn't realize scene. Interpol was from. At, New York. Oh, Interpol's in this too. And Interpol, did you know that like, people didn't go to their shows, but then they got a record deal, and um, then they were good. And then Napster. <laughs> did you know about Napster? Napster stole their second record, and their bass player is good, but he also likes to party. Did you know that? I did not. Now you watch the documentary and you'll know all about it. I did know that the the creator of Napster banged D- Dakota Johnson. That's, that's not in this movie, but that seems like a more interesting story than anything that's happening in this movie. So yeah, I was just really mad. I'm I'm so mad about me in the bathroom, especially because I like wasted like an hour. And you just went to the bathroom. That's how mad you were. I did. I, I you were so mad there. you had to go to the restaurant. I wasted an hour and a half of my life just like watching this movie that I was kind of interested in. It just fucking was. The well, Tom, I wasted. Uh, Two and a half hours of my life with my number two. Yeah. Uh, just for the words going to come back up again, a nothing burger of a movie. My number two is Jurassic World Dominion. That's my number one. Is it? Oh. Yeah. So what's your number one? 
Okay. So I guess we'll talk about my we'll talk about Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number one is a movie that I think is uh, well made. I think it's it, it it shows a lot of of promise from its director, but at the end of the day, it's still the same weird, gross, cruel movie hmm. that I just don't have fun with. Okay. Um, it was a box office smash, I guess, for the fact that it only cost $250,000. Uh, my number one worst movie of the year is Terrifier 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have guessed it. Um, yeah, no, it's... It just... This, 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 Damien Leon is, is a talented director. He knows how to work with the limited supplies he has, but he still is so caught up in just this cruel, unfun aspect of Slasher that I just, I watched this movie and I just sat, I was just miserable the entire time. Do you accept the idea that there's like a, like a, like a subgenre of Slasher movies that's like made to do this? Yeah, yeah, well, there is like the, there's the exploitive kind of horror, right? Like there's the um, Last House on the Left, yeah, there's the hills have eyes aspect of it, but there's still sort of or there's um I spit on your grave, mm. but there's still some aspect to those movies that has I don't want to say a redemptive arc, but they have um this kind of thing that is a release, right? Mm. Like an emotional release of gotcha. Narratively? Somebody, yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. gets their comeuppance, yeah. The problem with Terrifier and Terrifier 2, and I think Terrifier 2 is better than the original, is it's just so mean and cruel. And it tries, like, Terrifier 2, at the end, tries to have this kind of, like, redemptive arc where Art the Clown is killed um, by by Sienna, like, mm-hmm. the, the lead. And I, I give Damien Leon credit because... Uh, the first Terrifier is extremely misogynistic. Mm. It's it's really gross. It's very transphobic. Um, and this movie has does do a lot of effort to create a very strong woman lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, it tries to kind of like have this redemptive arc where Art the Clown is killed by, by the lead female protagonist. But everything else that precedes it is just so mean. There's, a, there's an eight-minute long kill scene of this woman. Like, we're literally, she's slowly flayed. Mm. And I just, guys, I just sat, I just sat there and I was like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I get that. So my impression, because I didn't, I didn't, and I'm not going to watch it because of what we had almost reviewed this movie yeah, yeah. because of how big of a box office yeah. kind of blockbuster, quote um, unquote, it was. And it came out. But the, of, second, the second I watched it, I said, like, yeah. Don't watch this. And you gave me like the you you said a bunch of like trigger words for me that just kind of like cruel and mean and like I, you know you told me about that one that one kill scene. Um, I do you think that there is kind of like a impulse in horror or with this movie specifically? Some horror movies are okay, not even if they're like gross or like mean or whatever because they're, they, it seems like they're still trying to make art. Yeah. Do you get the impression that Terrifier 2 is just trying to make like a specific kind of horror movie and well, not art? 
see that that's my issue with it. It's like I compared this to something like Deadstream that came out this year, which is just just it's awesome. Yeah. A very gory, gross movie, but it's fun. Terrifier and Terrifier Two feels pornographic. Did you watch Speak No Evil? Uh, no. So I I don't know. I didn't see Terrifier Two, but what you're describing sounds a little like Speak No Evil, where they're like, there's no message. It's just, or there's no comment on anything. It's just like, why is this happening? It's happening because? Yeah. Just because I came up with an idea and now it's happening. Well, it's, a, it's the same thing that like, like one of the most kind of beloved French extreme horrors of the past 20 years is Martyrs. But I, I watch that right. movie and just go like, I don't have fun with this. It's not enjoyable because it's so exploitive. So, and it just... And this movie, it too, just kind of lasts, like lacks that kind of slight artistic touch to mm. be fun. Yeah. Like, nothing about this movie is fun. It's just all... It just it feels like I bought a VHS from a back alley. Yeah, you feel like you're in the censor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the thing. It feels like a video nasty. I can which, f- I'm sure, which I'm sure is the point. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, I know yeah. Damien Leon's trying to do that, but you compare it to, like, this is a fucking incredibly solid year in horror. You know, uh, look at something like Barbarian. Barbarian is a, just has equally of a gory sort of horror movie that has like very kind of gross, skirting the lines sorts of subject matter. But it does so in a way that is tactful and artistic. Yeah. Versus like this, which is just, Gross. I think this is a really interesting opportunity. I think to talk. A, like, I don't want to like have like a belabored conversation about this, but like do we, like talking about like some some of the Shutter things. Did you watch Saloon? It's also one of those Shutter like a Shutter movie. It's a, uh, an African like horror movie. No, I've heard good things. It's okay. I still need to watch Christmas Bloody Christmas, but too. it seems content to just be what it is, and never doesn't try to do anything. Doesn't try to do anything different. Doesn't try to do anything exciting. Or particularly artful, it's just like we're gonna make a horror movie. Here are the component parts, it's, and then we're done. Remember his house from a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. There's not a, a lot. Of, some of the, a lot of these horror movies, I think, aspire to something like his this house, where it feels small and it feels dirty. Not dirty like content-wise, but just kind of like, un, like not unfinished, but like. Use in the muck before for like bones, bones and all. all. Yeah, I, they try to make something that's in the muck that feels like real life. That feels like so the terror is that like this is happening to this could be happening to somebody. Um, but there's there's a there's an a, there's a um, a subcontext to it that makes it that ha- adds weight to well, it. No, it's a- and some of this like so saloon has no weight. I didn't think speak. I thought speak no evil had no weight. It was just this kind of light. This kind of very empty, like, I'm doing a horror thing. I'm going to cut the tongue out of a kid just because it, I, it well, occurred to me to cut the tongue out of a I kid. Mean, I mean, like, look at look at Ty West's X. Like, it's a very sort of grungy, yes, is exploitative yes. horror movie. Yep. But it feels like it has some weight because it's a guy who knows what the fuck he's doing. And it doesn't have a cultural like, message, yeah, per no, se. It has, no, just, it has it's a message cultural, in, the, in the context but it has, of the movie. It has an artistic sort yes. of weight to it. Yes, um, a narrative weight to it. A narrative weight. It's, 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 enough, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But I it's liked just, it it's a just lot. A, it's just a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it's still 
close to my top ten, if maybe not in my top ten. It's a good time. Um, it's because it's not it's not trying to do anything, but it's just it is so well done, and all those characters are so well put together that yeah. when they die, you feel bad about it. Versus something like this, which just kind of feels like I don't know. It feels like Ron Jeremy directed a goddamn horror movie, mm. and I and I know like that's not the point. I know Damien Leone's like. It feels he's he's a new director still. He's still working on it, but he, I feel like he's he. The issue is, um, he's trying to like tantalize at the same time that he's trying to like also be a director. Do you think- and he just he just like tantalizes to the point where it feels like mm-hmm. I'm watching a Brazzers video, not yeah. a horror movie. <laughs> Do you think that he's there's like a um. There's a generation of directors that grew up watching horror that like horror for the wrong reasons. No, I don't. He's maybe one of those guys that like. No, I think I marvels I just, over the kills, I mean, but I not like. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how old he is. He's probably probably around my age. He just he kind of feels like a dude who's figuring it out. Mm. Still, he's he's a great like VFX guy. Like he's. Great with makeup and, and special yeah, yeah, effects, yeah. but it feels like in terms of being, and I I, I will give Terrifier two credit in like in comparison to the original, like he took the criticisms from Terrifier and tried to do something different with Terrifier two mm. in terms of like creating a strong female lead and whatnot. Yeah, but it still feels like he just like isn't there yet. It's not full, like a fully fleshed out like. Yeah, it feels it feels like a pro wrestling yeah. fan making a movie still. Hmm. How do we then explain Colin Trevorrow and Mario? Oh, fucking if I know that. He made he made that awful book of Eli or whatever that not book of Eli. Book of Book of Somebody. Book of Bob. Book of Book of Book of Little Kid Who book Died. Of Kevin. Book of Kevin, right? Is it no, it's not Book of Book of no, it's Book, book of, of Kevin. It's not Book of Kevin. Book of Henry? Book of Henry. Yeah. yeah. Is it Book of Henry? It is Book of Henry, yeah. Um Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion is the worst movie I've seen in a long time. Um, safety not guaranteed is was fun. What what that happened? I didn't see that. Why? It's your number two. It's my number one. Um, I thought it it's was probably it's too. probably it's probably my honest number one. I just I just had personal issues, moral issues. With Terrifier yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Moral issues I feel like overwhelm artistic issues every but time. But Jurassic World Dominion is the worst movie made this year. Mario, that I've seen. Sometimes artistic issues become moral issues, and that's where I am with Jurassic Park Dominion. I'm going to start, and then I'm going to throw it to you, because this is your number two. So you, you, you know, it came up first, and I, I wanted to know what you think. The thing for me, and this is not often a problem for me in movies. I can sometimes toss this off. If if the filmmaking is good, toss this off. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna toss off. Toss it off. <laughs> Jurassic Park Dominion, because especially like a sci-fi fantasy, whatever. You know, it doesn't like the the physics don't matter. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Jurassic Park Dominion, even before the ending, where dinosaurs are just roaming the earth. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't, I didn't finish this conjunction movie. with other things. Okay, so at the end of the movie, there's like some narration, and dinosaurs are just roaming the earth with in conjunction with other animals that are kind of like what the dinosaurs are. This movie makes no fucking sense. 
And the thing that bugs me the most about that is, and that's like a stupid thing to say, but I think it's very true in this case. The thing that bugs me about it is that it doesn't make any attempt at all, at any point, to be relevant to not even just like the last movie, but like from scene to scene. What happened in the previous scene means nothing to what happens in the next scene. What happens in the scene, what happens in that scene means nothing to the scene that happens after that. Nothing. Zero. This movie is just, when we talk about like content factory, this movie, you know, how, what, what is that thing that just came, that people are like all freaked out about, that chat something, chat G, GPT, it's this like AI chat thing Never, that like you could, ta- you could talk Mastodon? to it. Mastodon? No, no, no. It's like it's like a program where people are using it to like write books. Like AI bot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it's like, like an that? AI yeah. that like can talk to you. This feels like it was, or or even like I'll go with like a more obvious reference that the idea that like if you put like eight hundred monkeys or something in a room, like eventually they would type Shakespeare. This feels like they actually put eight hundred monkeys in the room and didn't wait till they type Shakespeare and we're just mm-hmm. kind of like, what do we got? We need hundred and twenty pages. Oh, that, oh. This this looks like it says locust. Yeah, <laughs> huge. Oh, oh, and she's a and she's a clone. Uh, cool. yeah, oh, and no, there's a there's a pilot. You know what? So my my thing with this movie is flat. It is so utterly flat. Like I've never seen a movie in recent memory that, like you said, scene to scene, nothing matters. But also, there's no attempt to create stakes. And if there is attempt to create stakes, Mario. there's stakes that I don't give a shit about. How can there be stakes? Visually, it's also flat. It's like awful. everything looks like CG. Like it's a CGI movie that all looks like CGI. Even the Demetri Johns, which is the best scene in the movie when they're in the caves and Demetri Johns are all in there. And you're just kind of like, whoa. And you're just like, maybe that's practical. And you're just like, nah, it's just a drawing. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all fucking it. 2D. It looks... Mario, how could there be stakes? And when you have when you have Chris Pratt, who's like the most two D actor <laughs> alive, the most two D human. How can you have stakes though when Campbell Scott has developed Locust? That literally that bummed me out. I like Campbell Scott. I like Campbell Scott too, but you have Locust. I can eat all the crops in America, like that, but they're not but also are they could so everybody in america is starving because there's no crops because the locusts ate it and he's just like oh they're gonna need they're gonna need us it's also like like, what do you mean they're gonna they're gonna need you for the thing that pissed me off about this movie it was like they had the easiest goddamn movie in the world dinosaurs are now amongst people that's your movie that's it dinosaurs are amongst people (laughs) i mean how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that like, how are you going to, like, stop dinosaurs from eating just random people? I mean, I thought... But instead, they made this goddamn stupid fucking clone locust thing. And I'm a sitting here going, like, why? Why did you Mario, do that? So many... it's, it's, it was the same issue that, like, Rise of Sky... It was, it was Rise of Skywalker yes. once again. How many scenes are you going to shoot in that one lab that eventually gets set on fire? How many? They shoot, like, four scenes in that lab. Why? I mean... I, so I'm so I'm very confused even to which movie I'm talking about when I talk about these Jurassic World movies. What did, what did you What did you think of um, Fallen Kingdom? I thought it was I thought it was preposterous. Fine. Oh, I thought it was fine. See, because my problem with Fallen Kingdom is the idea that do you it, like World? 
I like I loved World. Yeah, I like, did we I see like World, World together? No, I saw it with my parents. Okay. Yeah, I like World. A lot. I saw it like the day before it came out at in Milford. We have a we have a friend who works at the theater, and so they did I saw like, it in Avon. So there was it was midnight, and it was a bunch of theater employees. And the thing place was packed, and it was a fucking great time because it was just it was preposterous in the exact right way. The idea, so my except for that, except for that poor assistant. Well, yeah, the fact—I mean, yeah, the that, fact that that, that girl—they hate women the for fuck? some. Why does every yeah. movie hate women? Colin, Colin Trevorrow, I think, just hates women. I guess so. Um, he did pro- know. He did know Ashley, so maybe that makes sense. And Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> like the fact that she was still she—the fact that Bryce Dallas you know, Howard still you, no, you know, they're friends, right? Who Ashley Woods and Colin Trevorrow were are friends. So so it makes it makes sense that maybe awesome. it makes sense that he would hate women. Um, <laughs> yeah, she used to house sit for him. That's awesome. <laughs> she's cool. She's cool. Um, I started with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom because I didn't for one second. But, oh, so what I was to say is that Jurassic World was preposterous in all the right ways. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was preposterous in all the wrong ways in the sense that it it needs me to believe that the politics would ever happen ever. Not a fucking chance is anybody being like, we need to protect the dinosaurs. Go fuck yourself. I'm fucking out. As soon as you start saying that shit. So the premise of the first, those next two movies are the idea that dinosaurs fucking genetically engineered Synthetic dinosaurs need to be saved, Mario. What? They would never do well, that. That clone girl needs to save them. Why is there a clone girl? James How Cromwell. did that happen? How did that ever happen? Not in a way that's fun. fun. Yeah. This movie is no fun. It yeah, sucks. It just... Sucks. It just like it could be so easily stupid and dumb, but fun. And then there's like, you know what we're gonna do? There's not a black people in this movie, so we're gonna have a pilot in it. And what's her purpose here? Her purpose is nothing. It's face. What the fuck is happening? Oh, the, thing, the, thing, the thing that the, the, no, I couldn't believe. No, it. the thing that like made like like I could keep comparing it to Rise of Skywalker because like. They built up B.D. Wong as being, like, the lead villain. I love B.D. Wong. And then he's just, like, a dude who's... Just kind of sad about some choices he made. And then he's, like, redeemed in the end. And it's like, motherfuckers, you built him up as, like, your big... He's like your fucking Thanos. (laughs) Like, have him... Be like, oh yeah, I want all the dinosaurs to take over humans. But I'm never going to take over sweater. I don't know why he's going to do that. But like, just do that. It's is it stupid? Is it dumb? Of course it is. You're but it's Jurassic, fun. It's Jurassic Park. Okay, dumb comes with the territory. We get it. You know what I mean? They're dinosaurs. You remade dinosaurs. Whatever. It's. I don't even know why these movies got made. I don't know why anyone is going to see them. I don't even. I and because I didn't see this last one, I watched this last one on Peacock. Yeah, I did too. I don't know. Peacock, what, good deal. Uh, Peacock is good. Have you been? Re- uh, well, I, I want to get through this Fonking or this Dominion conversation, then we'll have a different conversation. But we're not even talking about the same Peacock movie anymore. Right. So why do they make this? Just because of money, right? They just wanted money. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, it cost $185 million, and it made $1 billion. So and Chris Pratt... Good, good for them. Chris Pratt is phoning this movie in the whole time. You know what I mean? Right? He's Yeah. He's not doing anything. Right? Dallas Howard is sad. It seems... It just seems sad. She does. She seems so sad. And then there's this clone. Like, oh, we're building a house in the woods in a in a state. It's like, but why? How could you be how could anybody be building anything when all the when locusts are flying around the country eating commercial crops? They're eating all the corn. So no one's getting fed. Nothing is getting made. What the fuck is happening? This is, this is like this is, no, that, that's a cultural actually the, travesty, but they're like, the perfect, you know what? There's a bunch of Demetrodons in this cave. The perfect, Focus on the Demetrodons. The perfect question about this movie is what the fuck is happening? Because this entire movie is just like, why the fuck is anything happening right. that's happening? Like, they had the easiest layup of a movie ever, and they made... You know what we need to do? We need to go back to an island. Somehow Palpatine There's returned. dinosaurs in America, but we definitely need to go back to this island. We gotta. Yeah. We must go back to an island that's full of dinosaurs. Except for the fact that America is full of dinosaurs. <laughs> what the hell? Fucking hated this movie. This is the one movie that made me, like, so me, me in the bathroom made me... I am, I'm, I'm happy that we both had this movie on our list, though. Put it up. Maybe I mean, Terrifier, would, Terrifier 2 is like I a guess, personal thing. I guess the thing, and I would do, I would make that same decision. Like feeling disgusting as a person is way worse than like feeling just kind of like angered by like the state of art in in the world. Yeah, grabbing my hair is less of a worse feeling than like feeling like I need to bathe. Right. Um, and I watch a lot of porn, <laughs> and I don't feel like I need to bathe after that. Maybe in the bathroom is is. Ladies. Just offensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's offensive, like artistically. It's just like, it looked like two people that didn't know how to make a documentary. And I get that, and that sucks. And you made a bad, you made a bad film. Everyone that's involved with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, no, Fallen Jurassic Dominion, World Dominion, yeah. well, knows better. And that's the and thing. they still and made thing. a choice to that's the make thing that's this the movie. bummer about this is like, Colin Trevorrow doesn't seem like a bad director. He seems like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. But he made this. Yeah. He like, made this. Like awful. He, he, I'm guessing he wrote the script. Yeah, he, he co-wrote the script with Emily Carmichael. Like he, he, they made he choices. Did, he didn't did look at the script and go like, nah, "I'm not gonna make that movie." Yeah, I'm not gonna um, do this. Um, I'm just gonna do something different. All these dinosaurs. I mean, let's not even get to. Let's, we haven't even talked about the idea that like there's those super raptors that are like yeah. loose in that like. Where are they? Marrakesh or wherever? I don't know what you want to talk Who are about killing that. everybody except except Chris Pratt. Can't kill Chris Pratt. He can, he can hold up his hand. Let's also, move. like, we're done with Chris Pratt. Like, this year is fully established. Like, we're done with Chris Did Pratt, right? Did you watch right? the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? No. It is uh, fun. But he's not in a lot. But when he is so in it's it... Probably, it's probably the reason why it's fun. It seems like he is... Got his mind and other stuff. I don't know where that could be, but oh, he's gonna he's gonna run for like senate at some. He's he's the type of dude who's gonna like it's fine. try to be a senator, like a Republican senator from Utah. No, he California. He just moved to that like a county that's like 
No, he, pretty, but he wouldn't win. Red. He's going to have to like... No, he's going to run for like, Senate. He loves Jesus. No, but Senate. He's going to want to be oh, like a senator. Oh, oh. So he's going to have to like move to, mm. to yeah, a state. Gonna do like, yeah. Who's going to run against Mitt Romney? Maybe. Um, Mike Lee. On the subject of Peacock, have you been... And we just... So this, this is... Ah, such a good... Such a good podcast partner. Tying the beginning of this together. Have you been following the reevaluation of Nope? Which is not up for any awards at all. But now. But is literally everyone's one, two, or three on best yeah, of like list. Kiki, Kiki Palmer is like blasting up that uh, supporting actress list. What the... F- I mean, I liked... I didn't like Nope. I don't like it at all. I don't... I don't understand. I don't hate it. I, I mean, I feel kind of indifferent about it. I didn't get it. I didn't feel have special I, feelings for it. I feel like... I feel like people... Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no, no. This is, I mean, this is, I feel, this is it. Yeah. I feel like people need needed fun movies this year and like dope is kind of a fit the fun, bill like jaws but it was movie. also complicated no i don't think it, it's even necessarily it's complicated feel complicated no i just think it felt bombastic have you rewatched it no i haven't either fucking, I don't, that movie's two hours and ten minutes long i might though and i barely got through it the first time i know i that's how i felt about it too and I'm, i i like jordan Peele. i I'm I'm one of those people who will stand up every moment for us. Most people hate us, and I love us. I love us. I'm not sure why anyone would hate us. It but yeah, lazy. I, but yeah, nope, nope. This nope thing is is kind of like I would it might get it might get a picture nomination. That'd be That's cool. Gonna, be weird. No, I like the idea of Jordan Peele getting like recog- like consistently recognized for stuff. The the Lupita Nyong'o not getting nominated for us was um, disgusting. Yeah. Um, like that doesn't even make any sense. Um, but I like the idea that Jordan Peele like is getting Jordan Peele is getting kind of noticed as like a director who matters. Um, maybe well, he almost, does. I, I, I almost feel like I, almost I feel like get... all this is super course correction for Get Out. Like they gave Get Out its screenplay award, but I feel like in retrospect they're like, oh man, we probably should have given that picture or and director. They should have. Well, no, they shouldn't have given it a director. They should have given it a picture. Yeah, but I felt this way about Black Panther the year later too, where like you give, you must, and I kind of feel this way about if Top Gun wins or everything everywhere wins. Oh, well, wait. So wait. Get Out was sixteen. It was so. It was the seventeen Oscars. Black Panther was the eighteen Oscars. But so Get Out would have been the year that Guillermo del Toro won. Yes, and Green Book won the year Black Panther won or I mean, was nominated. Jordan Peele should have won. I mean, obviously Paul Thomas Anderson should have won yes. that year. But my feeling about that is, though, is that it was he was never going to win. My but. feeling about these movies is about the Oscars is that it would be cool if they were representative of um, what the prevailing film culture was that year. And so, if Top Gun Maverick wins this year, which I, I think I think it will, I'm not going to be. So I think it's I actually think it's less the Fablemans versus Top Gun Maverick versus Everything Everywhere All at Once. Because I think in reality, those are the two most significant movies of the year. The movie I, I have to now have reconsideration for. I am curious. We could do it off mic or we could do it on mic. I'm curious to know like how that came to be. Is it like me? Where I've just kind of kept like going back to it and being like, maybe this time. Maybe this time I'll get it. Well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it off, off mic. Mm. But I, I think um, you saw the fact that like today they released... That big, long, twelve-minute-long video 
about the big upcoming stunt for Dead Reckoning for Mission oh, Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that feels like he's pamphleting himself. Sure, for absolutely. Um, and if it wins, I don't, I can't blame anybody. It was the biggest movie of the year. It defined movie culture this year. It would make a lot of sense for the Oscars to be like, you know what? This. But really, top, like, best I picture know, goes to Top Gun Maverick? I know. I mean, I don't care about what wins best picture, because obviously the only awards that matter Pivotal film awards. are the Pivotal Film Awards. Um, live from the William Howard Taft Memorial Auditorium. Uh, Which I'm becoming increasingly concerned are going to be boring, and just a lot of us shaking our heads. Being like, I don't know. I guess this. I guess. I have some. I have some zingers. Best supporting actor. I guess this. I have some zingers. Like my current best director is a zinger. Oh, good. Um, but like, yeah. Like, do we want Top Gun Maverick to be the best picture of the year? It's fine, but it's not the best picture. It isn't. But and nobody. Literally, if it wins Best Picture, everyone's going to be like, it's not the Best Picture. But, like, come on. Is Black Panther better than Phantom Thread? It is not. But if Black Panther won Best Picture over Green Book, would I have said, I understand the culture a little better? No. I do. And that's how I, that's why I think it's not even like from a filmmaking standpoint that I think that the Parasite win is important. It's important, I think, from a film culture standpoint, because Parasite was, even though it didn't make the most money that year, was the biggest movie of the year because it was the most, like, about movie. It was the movie that you were just kind of, after you saw, you were like, the next person you saw, you were like, have you seen Parasite yet? Which is why I think everything, everywhere all at once is probably going to win. I think so, too. Because, like, it's it's that weird, dumb indie movie. Did you see it? That's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. But I think Top so I think it's actually those. The Fablemans those two. and Banshees the are out. I, I do think Spielberg wins director. See, I, I think so too, but I think that... Banshees has its awesome. Banshees is going to win original screenplay. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be such a bummer. They still have if the Martin, Daniels up Martin ahead McDonald of them. If McDonald doesn't, like, yeah. get that Oscar. They still have the best. So my feeling about director is that I think one of the Europeans or Todd like so, um, Ruben. Austin. I mean, Todd Field could win it. That or could Todd, be like the the vote split so hard that Todd Field is just kind of like, oh uh, yeah, me. Hello, because he's won a bunch of director awards already. He won't even be there either. <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't think. But I don't think Avatar won made enough money for James Cameron to be I don't, I worthy think, of I think a, Avatar. A I think Avatar's done. If Avatar doesn't make money this Avatar upcoming weekend make, it's Avatar needs, needs to make over a hundred million dollars this weekend, this weekend I think, for, for it to be continue to be relevant yeah because if not it's just a low end Marvel movie that didn't get released during a fucking pandemic <laughs> like Black Widow and and uh, Shang-Chi which were released during a pandemic year and still made more I feel like such, as much I feel like such a cunt for like wanting this movie to fail but, like, I want it to I, fail I, fuck I James it. Cameron I want it to fail if James did Cameron you watch the James Cameron like no variety direct like his movie thing it's just I like oh not. my god if he wasn't out there running his mouth so much about how great he is I would have been like maybe I'll give it a chance but like fuck that guy I don't know what his pro- who cares who cares about Pandora yeah he somehow made a movie where I was cheering for the humans <laughs> and one of those humans is Stephen Lang well he's no sorry 
Stephen Lang is is a is an alien. He's he's in a Avatar body. Right, you he's mentioned. He's a re- recombiant. Right. It's weird that he made a movie. He was like, you know what people really are going to miss if I don't have him here? Stephen Lang. Well, the, the the worst thing about that movie is Stephen Lang is the best part of that movie. You know, it's not good. Sam Worthington. Took thir- it took said thir- everybody it took, all it took, the time. It took 13 years for me to go like, oh, man. You know, did, you know who didn't work out as an actor? Sam, Sam Worthington. Um, all right. So I think we're going to take next week off um, because of Christmas. Yeah. And because there's a bunch of stuff coming out on Netflix the next couple of weeks. So we'll probably reconvene. Maybe like a Zoom episode or something like maybe. that. Maybe. Maybe if we both feel passionately about like Glass Onion and... and um, well, I've already seen Glass Onion. That's true. So glad I haven't uh, seen it. I feel not passionately about. But the combination of white noise and glass it. onion might be worthy. The of white noise, I'm I'm very intrigued about. But then we have uh, pale blue eye. The week that's after two weeks. that, that's two weeks. That's January six. Six. So yeah. that runs in. So we'll have to schedule some stuff, but we won't be long. We won't be away for long, folks. Yeah, because in two weeks or what January fifteenth, I think is when we're going to do our uh, best of the year. It's a plan. What do you gotta do it before the Oscars, right? You gotta find. You gotta find. You gotta find some. You gotta find. Movies I gotta round out that ten. Yeah, uh, I think we're we're gonna do it. January fourteenth is when I I would want that episode to be released. Released. So like, yeah, we'd want to record that. Okay. Like January twelfth. So we will not. You do don't. It. You don't have ten movies you like. I I will. I will. It's just gonna be more work i got like a long so what i do is there's movies as i see them that i know get that are going to be added to it the list get like immediately added to a list and everything else gets logged so i think i have i'll tell you this halloween ends is no longer in my top 10 that's, so that's great it was that's for great a while for credibility um, Halloween Ends was 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 in there. It's I still think, it's still like my number thirteen. I think I have three movies, maybe two on my. I have to check on my on my actual list right now, and then everything else is just logged, and I'll think about it. Like, and I'll go back. Well, to I, some I've stuff. kept track of my ten throughout the year. Oh, good for you. It's very brave of you. It's a lot of the words of the on my list. Mm. A lot of the. A lot of good early two thousands bands. Like the Strokes. The Strokes. The yeah yeah yeah. The Rapture. No, it's just yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, they're not the the yeah, yeah, yes. No, the worst. So there's the LCD sound system. <laughs> the the worst. One of the worst parts of that movie is the Karen, Interpol. The Interpol, yeah, is Karen O being like for Nick 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 um the guitar player in yeah, yeah, yes. Nick Zinnemann. the guy that does heroin or no? No, no, no. He's just a, he's just a guy. He's a guitar player. Um, plays in this very talented. the person from the Strokes did heroin. To person that structures heroin. No, this guy, Karen, was just like, oh, I saw him at a party and he was a guy that I knew that I wanted to be next to. And then they're in a band. Isn't that cool? That's good. That's good documentary filmmaking right there. That's how you, that's how you do it. You really hate this movie. It's so fucking bad, Mario. It's it makes so me want to watch it. You should. I think you will. You know I'm probably going to like this movie. You're going to have one, you're going to have another beer and you're going to be in the perfect mood I'm going to like watch this movie and like text you and be you like, will not. You will hate like it. it's the best movie. You will ever. hate every second of it. I mean, to be fair, this weekend I watched everything ever all at once again and liked it. And I don't know what's going on. So we will be back with you soon <laughs> to talk about something. Drink beers, 
Watch movies. Some movies you don't have to watch. Don't you're watch not, Marmaduke. You're not going to watch Emancipation, are you? No, God, no. Yeah. Neither am I. Isn't that, that was a happy thing that happened. When Emancipation... I do have to watch Till. I do want to watch Till. Everyone was kind of like, I don't know if I can watch Till. So how you I'm, feel about Terrifier 2, I don't think I can do it. You know what pisses me off about Till? It's really PG-13. But you know what's I want gonna, it to be rated You know what's going to piss me off about Till is that like the Academy Awards decide they, they hate black people again and Danielle Deadweiler doesn't get nominated. Mm. And so you watch Till for no reason. But I mean, if I like it. I just, I, I, the gonna, Oscars don't matter to us. The hurt. most... The most important award show, once again, I know. is the Pivotal Film Awards. But that's what I try to avoid with, avoid with the Pivotal Film Awards in, in my pivotal, pivotal Film life is not having my heart, like, hurt, like, just, like, break. You gotta be a narcissist. I just, I only care about our awards because I rematter more than a bunch of fucking geeks. Not geeks. Not geeks. Okay, next week. <laughs>